0: Turn in your Bibles to Paul's letter to Titus, looking at Titus chapter 1 as we continue in our series uh, through this wonderful letter, short letter, uh, but very, very uh, helpful and very impactful letter. Titus chapter 1 is where we are, Titus chapter 1. When you're there, say, I'm there. All right. (laughs) Titus chapter one, beginning at verse 10. Uh, Actually, you know what? Let's begin at verse nine, just because it really uh, leads us into what we're going to see in our passage here. Uh, If you remember last week, uh, Paul gave some uh, guidelines for uh, elders, Elders, overseers, those who are uh, charged to shepherd the flock of God. And in verse 9, he says in there that the elder must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Now we're looking at our passage, beginning of verse 10. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. Now let's pray that our Lord would give us wisdom and instruction both to hear and to heed this great message. Let's pray. Father, we need your help. Because we have learned in school about nouns and verbs and adjectives and adverbs, pronouns and prepositions and conjunctions and, and so on, Lord, we can, we can read the words on these pages. And maybe uh, if we take long enough to think about them, these words will make sense to us but they will never have the impact that you intend for your word to have apart from your Holy Spirit. There's only one way that this message here can transform us and transform your your church. That is if your spirit moves among us. And so we pray, Father, that you would do what only you can do. That you would change us from the inside out. We would be transformed by your grace that people may look at us and see our lifestyles and see our character and, and see uh, uh, the way we interact with one another and the way we act, uh, interact with folks outside of here. And They may be able to say by seeing our witness that you are exactly who you say you are. Lord, we want to be your billboards that you would promote Lord in us and through us your great name, not by us trying to live spectacularly or by us adopting gaudy practices or anything like that. That's not how you've chosen to magnify your name, but rather you've chosen to magnify your name through transformed lives. Lives that live in accordance with your truth. So, Father, I pray that you would do just that. Lord, I'm sure there are some who are here today that do not trust Jesus as their Savior. I pray, Lord, that transformation would already be beginning in their lives. Having heard that Jesus is the King of glory, having heard that it is not Uh, uh, I but Christ in us that that transformation can happen Lord I pray that you've already been working in their lives and you've already been working in their hearts and I ask Lord that through the preaching of your word you would just continue on that work that they may turn from darkness they may be stunned by the marvelous light of Jesus and I thank you for that do great things For you are a great God. You are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. So magnify your name today. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would see your glory. And we thank you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in a very, very strange time. Uh, not just strange in our own cultural moment, but really strange time globally. And I'm thinking specifically about uh, our technology. How many of you remember the days when uh, when the phone would ring at your house and you actually had to go to a room to answer the phone? How many of you re- remember that? Um, uh, there's some of you that don't know that. There was a day where your phone wasn't in your pocket. Um you had to actually get up and relocate to the room in your house where the phone was. They they were called landlines. Um how many of you have no idea what a landline is? You've never seen anything like that before. I figured it would probably be a little bit of a generational thing. Um, we actually did this. We went over to my uh, to Annie's grandparents' house uh, back when they were alive. They're both with the Lord now. Uh, but we showed the kids, they were trying to figure out what this thing on the wall was. And we said, well, this is where we used to answer the phone. And And we would say, hey, why don't you try calling us? Why don't you try dialing the, the, the numbers? And they were looking at it and they were trying to figure out because it had one of those rotary uh, dials on them. And they, they were, what, what is this? I don't, I don't know what this thing is. Technology has advanced a bit, hasn't it? Uh, there was a time where, uh, w- well, some of y'all are, are probably old enough to remember when you were the remote control. How many of you remember that? Yeah. Uh, you know, there was no need to get a remote control. My dad used to say because uh, we would always ask him, uh, my sister and I especially, uh, we would ask him, uh, Dad, could, could we could we get a dishwasher? And he would say, why do I need a dishwasher? I already have two. And um Yeah. Uh, (laughs) My dad also had his birthday just a just a few days ago and everything. And so so uh, and and wouldn't you know, now that the kids are out of the house and everything, guess who has a dishwasher? Um, You know, he and he and mom. Yeah. All of a sudden they found the money to get a dishwasher. But 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 there was a day where where we were the dishwashers. Right. And we had to to do all that. We were the remote controls. If you wanted to turn the channel, get up and go to the TV and turn the channel physically turn the channel on the, on the box. Technology has changed in so many ways. But now all of a sudden, technology is starting to get a bit out of control. You may have heard of one of the fathers of artificial intelligence uh, who worked at Google, where he resigned just a couple days ago, resigned from Google and was pretty outspoken in saying, I think we created a monster we we've we've got a problem here uh there was there was this time where where we never could imagine uh, except for those of us who of course watch sci-fi movies uh that we could never imagine a day where where the technology would become smarter than the humans who made it um now they're saying that's not that far removed from reality uh, it, it could be, you know. Now, granted, I grew up on iRobot, 1984, you know, and all these other technology movies, and I'm just sitting here going, "Didn't we tell you? <laughs> this was You were so warned for like the last 50 years. You've been warned. What in the world?" But but now we realize that things are getting a little out of control. They're especially getting out of control with this new technology. It's actually not not really that new, but 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 it's becoming more mainstream. Uh, this technology that we call deep fakes. How many of you all have seen an example of these deep fakes? There are these these videos uh, of people talking that look real. I mean, they're, they're very realistic. The problem is they're not real. So you could could make a deep fake of of just about anything and just about anyone. You could have a politician saying, you know, in a deep fake, uh, I've just decided say the president, I've just decided to give out this executive decree that uh, minimum wage is now set at $50,000 a year. Uh, I, I have spoken executive order vote for me next year you know could you, you could have a video that says that and people could look at that and believe it because it's so realistic the technology is there now if you look very carefully you can be able to tell uh, some of the the fakeness of the deep fakes but 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 if you're just glancing at it and you you don't have your radar on uh, it's easy for you to be duped it's easy for you to be tricked now, this, in one way, the technology is part of the is, is newer, um, but the reality of being faked uh, is not new at all. Is, I mean, think on the street corners, the shell game, right? Find out where you know, where the money is and all of that, and you can win well, uh, win a big prize. You know, the, the shell game, or you know, you have the uh, uh, the the confidence game. By the way, it wasn't until like a couple years ago, like like two years ago, that I realized that con and con artist is short for confidence. I had no idea. I, I I just started living uh, two years ago uh, that I I rea- I never heard that before. I never knew that. But con is short for confidence, which is very ins- in- insightful because that's what all of this is about. If we can get you to put your confidence in us, we can get you to trust that we have your best interest in mind, we can fool you. We can dupe you. It's built on this sense of trust. Certain people want to exploit your trust. They want to exploit your confidence. And thus, we have this emergent technology of deep fakes. If we can get you to trust what your eyes see, then we can get you to do whatever we want you to do. It's dangerous, isn't it? It's dangerous. It's dangerous when we talk about technology, it's dangerous when we talk about our culture, it's dangerous when we talk about even political scandals and things like that. It's dangerous when it talks when we talk about losing your money. But what about the church? What would happen if there were people that were in essence deep faking it in our own church? People that were teaching things that, uh, that, that in reality aren't true. But if they can get you to put your confidence in them, if they can get you to put their confidence in what you're teaching, then they can get you to do whatever. It seems like we're in a culture of, of church scandals, hashtag after hashtag after hashtag. And it seems like where a lot of this hurt and a lot of this betrayal comes from is this very thing. That there were people that we thought we could trust, that we realize they were just deep fakes. Well, how do we guard ourselves from that? How does TCC, Treasuring Christ Church, protect from from, from these deep fakes? from these deep fakers, if you will, these folks who, 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 are, who are using your confidence and exploiting your confidence to get you to do what they want you to do and all that. How do you uh, uh, guard from that? Well, God has provided a line of defense. And that line of defense, he calls elders, elders, your pastors, your overseers, They are uniquely tasked by God to watch over the flock and to guard the flock from deep fakers. You see this here in in Titus chapter. 1 in verse 9, Paul says that the elder must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. You, you know from our from our study last time that uh, beginning in verse 5 and going all the way through, Paul is telling Titus, he's giving Titus the reasons that he left him in the, on the island of Crete. Uh, he left them there in order to establish a group of elders there for the church, this young fledgling church, and he gives them qualifications. You know that not any old person can be an elder. It's, it's, not, it's not just something, you know, first come, first serve, come one, come all, or anything like that. No, it is a specific person for a specific task. Specific men that God has called with the uh, 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 the task of overseeing the church. The word for elder is the word presbyteros, if you know uh, the denomination of the Presbyterians, that's why they—that's where they got their name from. They got it from the Greek word here for elder, presbyteros. Uh, what does that mean uh, as elder? Does that mean that we're supposed to be old? If so, then I got a problem because I'm not old. I- I I hope Um, (laughs) I feel it some days, but no, we're, we're not the oldest people in the church. So, so are we not qualified to be elder? Well, no, that's not what the word means. The word actually uh, in the office actually has its roots in the Old Testament. You had the village elders. They weren't necessarily the oldest people in the, in the town, but they were the ones who were meant to give oversight and direction to the, the, the townspeople. They were the ones who had the wisdom. Uh, they were the ones who had the ability to instruct and, and to teach and to lead and to guide and so on in the town. And God has established that the church also have elders. Kind of the village elders, if you will. But the village is not a town. The village is a church. And God has called us to have that sense of spiritual maturity, not in terms of age necessarily, although many times that's correlated, but the maturity that we should have as followers of Jesus. We're called to be elders. In 1 Timothy 3, we're also called to be overseers, episkopos. What do you think we got from that word, episkopos? Episcopal, right. So the denomination there named themselves after that Greek word. Baptist. we even got ours from Greek, baptizo. There we go, so Greek for everybody. Uh, but but uh, you have the overseers, episkopos. They were the ones who were to watch over the flock, To give uh to give oversight to everything that's going on to make sure that we're going in the right direction. And then, of course, the word that we're more familiar with, pastor poimain. There's no denomination named after that, but 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 you have uh uh the, the ones who are tasked to shepherd the flock, lead and guide the flock. All these terms are used interchangeably in scripture for this very office. It's not just any old person, it's not just any old guy. It has to be someone who has the maturity and the skill uh, and the wisdom and the love and the care to watch over and shepherd God's flock well. Well, part of that task is what we see in verse nine. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. Why? So that he may be able to give instruction and in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. There's a positive aspect of it. He's meant to instruct in sound doctrine. By the way, the word for sound is where we get our word hygiene from. Uh, The English word hygiene comes from the word there behind sound. He's he's meant to give you healthy teaching, teaching that that will grow you in health, that will grow this church in a healthy way. That's what he is supposed to do. But there's also a negative side. Just as he is to promote good health, he is also meant to fight after the diseases and the viruses and so on that would affect and damage the health of God's church. You see what's going on here? So as as an elder, our job, my job is not just to make sure that you walk in a healthy way and teach the things that will promote good health, but I also have to fight against those things that would attack your health and be a threat to the health of God's church. And that's exactly what he's talking about here in this paragraph. These deep fakes. These, these, these folks who are, who, who are not coming in to promote health, they're coming in to promote uh, death. Uh, they're here to destroy the church. So what are we talking about here? Well, I believe there are four elements of these deep fakers, if you will, that Paul says you got to give attention to as an elder. You got to care for these things. And church, you say, well, we're not elders, so only the five of us that are, that are elders should pay attention to this and we can just check out. No, 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 Don't don't check out on this. For this reason, you want us to, to do this. Your health, our health as a church requires that we keep our eyes open, that we, as as we used to say before we got hijacked by politics, that we stay woke, if you will, uh, that, that we keep our eyes open and alert to the things that are going on in our culture and in our society that could be a threat to this church. And so may I ask you to do this? As you read this and meditate on these things, would you add this to your prayer list? Would you pray for us as elders? Pray that we don't drop our guard to false doctrine and false teaching. Pray that we stay committed to the scriptures. Pray, as Paul said, that we would hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. Would you pray for us? Because as we all know, even with our own physical bodies, it takes a lot to be healthy, doesn't it? It takes a lot to be healthy. It really doesn't take much to be unhealthy. Much of the the, the brunt of the work is is in living healthy uh, healthy lives and uh, cultivating healthy lifestyles and things like that. The same thing for the body of Christ. Uh, We've got to work hard to maintain the health of the body and to promote what is healthy for us and to warn against the things that are unhealthy. So four things about these fake, uh, these, these deep fakers, if you will, that Paul wants us to pay attention to. Look at verse 10. He says, there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. He says, they must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. Now, if you're an underliner or a highlighter or a circler or anything, if you like to doodle in your Bibles and and, and so on, I'm paying attention to something really interesting here. In verse 10, he calls them empty talkers. I have that underlined here. And deceivers. I have that underlined. And then in verse 11, they must be silenced. That's underlined there. And he says that they are teaching. I've got that underlined for shameful gain, what they ought not to teach. That's also underlined. Why? Because all of that is talking about their words. They speak. Things that are not healthy. They speak things that are destructive to us. And so if uh, we're going to, uh, uh, to, to fight uh, deep fakers, if we're going to uh, guard against them, then elders must expose their doctrine. We must expose them for their doctrine. They're teaching things that are not healthy for you. They're teaching things that are, that are not healthy for the church. You may have uh, some of y'all are are familiar with um, uh, with with various different things that we eat that that and, and drink and so on that actually aren't what they are at all. Y'all 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 know this. Like for instance, corn pops. Um, I've never seen corn that looks like corn pops. Okay, I, I, I'm guessing that's not it. I ginger ale. There was one time where uh, I was introduced to real ginger ale that ha- actually had ginger in it you could see the pieces of ginger at the bottom of the of the cup and i remember drinking that and going wait then what is that <laughs> what, what is this ginger ale over here that 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 we're talking about that's not that's not real ginger ale even though it says ginger ale on the label it's not ginger ale even though it says corn pops it ain't corn pops all right and and you may have fruit loops right I have no idea what the percentage of fruit that that exists in Fruit Loops, but I'm just going to guess that it's like that much, right? Fruit Loops, there's no fruit in Fruit Loops, you know, and all this. No, it's not true, you see? They say one thing, but they're lying, all right? It's not what it actually is. And the same thing with these folks here. He calls them empty talkers. He calls them deceivers. He, he says, especially that there are those from the circumcision party. So who's, who's a circumcision party? Well, this was a group of, of Jewish uh, uh, people who were teaching that the way to righteousness, the way to be holy before the Lord, the, the way that you, uh, that you get yourself right with God was by obeying the Old Testament law. And, and, and first uh, among all of the, of the different requirements of the Old Testament law was that you had to be circumcised. Circumcision, Genesis 17, it says that that was the sign of the covenant that God had made with Abraham. And so they were just taking that, cutting and pasting it to Gentiles and saying, if you want to be in on the blessing of God, if you want to be pure and holy before him, then you've got to follow all the Jewish customs and so on. You've got to become a Jew. And Paul, highlighting the multi-ethnic nature of the gospel, the multicultural and multinational beauty of the gospel, has taught repeatedly throughout the New Testament scriptures that the way to God is not through becoming a Jew. It is not localized with one ethnic group or anything like that. No, if you want to be right with God, you go through Jesus it's through his life. It's through his uh, righteousness. It's through his death and his resurrection that you are reconciled to God. You don't have to become a Jew. And if I might add, you don't have to become white. You don't have to become black. You don't have to become Hispanic. You don't have to become Asian or anything like that. There is no uh, uh, ethnic avenue or no ethnic group that has a one up on anybody. that all ethnicities are level at the foot of the cross. And so he says here that there are some though, who are teaching that you've got to become like us, that you've got to, you've got to join in with our ethnicity. You've got to join in with our culture and so on. If you're going to be right with God. And Paul says that is not true. It's a lie. They're saying on the label, this is how you get right with God. But in the side, you got fruit loops. All right. Inside, you have false teaching. He says, no, we as elders have to hear these things. We've got to have our antennas up on that, and we've got to expose it when it shows up. There's a whole movement of folks today um, if I can get fired real quick uh there there's a whole movement of folks today that are saying that 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 the way that we get right with God as Americans is if is if white people get up on top of the ladder and everything, and all minorities need to just go back to where they came from or they got to find their place and all of that and for whatever reason, there is a small but incredibly loud group of Christians, uh, so-called, I'll put them in parentheses here, in, in air quotes, uh, who's, who are saying that this is the will of God. And we as elders need to call that out and say that is not the gospel. The gospel is not this group is above all other groups, this group is special before God and all that. No. And just a little uh, full disclosure, I remember hearing all of that when I was a kid because I grew up in Christian school. And in our fundamental independent Baptist uh, Christian school, I remember hearing things like those drums over there—they play; uh, you, they're they're ungodly because the beats and stuff that come from that satanic thing come from the pagan jungles of Africa. Oh, wonderful! Thank you. That's our contribution to society. You know, we uh, we gave you pagan, nasty, evil drums. Well, what what kind of thing would you ex- uh, is, is, is is acceptable? What's the kind of music that God loves? Well. The music that the angels sing come from the hymnal. They would say these things. And, and, and this is the type of thing that we need to listen to. We need to sing hymns. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, I got hymns uh, on repeat. I love the hymns some of the most beautifully written songs of praise to the Lord over the centuries and so on. I've got no beef against hymns or anything like that. I do have a beef with saying that the European way of worshiping God is superior to any other people groups way of worshiping God. That's not my God. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible talks about people worshiping him from every nation and tribe and language. The, the, the Bible talks about people from Cush. You know where Cush is? Cush is Ethiopia. You got folks from Cush and you've got folks from, from, uh, uh, from Babylon and you got folks from Assyria and you got folks. Paul wanted to get the gospel to Spain in Romans 15. Why? Because he believed that, that there should be Spanish speaking people who are joining in in the worship and praise of God. That's the way it should be. Don't fall for this monolithic, monoethnic, ethnic uh, any type of racial, ethnic superiority type message. It's not the gospel. The gospel is way more beautiful than that. And we as elders need to be aware of these things, and we need to call them out. Note in verse 11, look at the effect of this. They, they, they are upsetting whole families. No, they, they sow discord. You've got families that are getting ripped up by this fake, false doctrine. Whether we talk about you know that that I've already talked about, or we even talk about over the last couple of years when people have used the scriptures to, to promote conspiracy theories and, and political uh, insurrections and all of these different things that, that we've seen, and they've quoted scripture to do that. We as elders need to call that out and say, that's not the way that happens. We've seen families. I know even in in our own extended family, we've seen the rift of people breaking up and no one, these folks over here never want to talk to these folks over here anymore and all of that. What happened? Well, it's because these folks use the Bible. They believe that because they use the Bible, it's true. And they got caught up in all of this conspiracy theory nonsense. It's wicked we as elders need to be uh, uh, vigilant to call that out and say, no, that's not the way to read the Bible. That is not, that is a hijacking of the message of scripture and using it, and check this out, verse 11, teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. Why are they doing this? Duh, for profit. That's why they're doing this. Why do you have Prosperity guys on TV who are who are who are saying, you know, just give this love offering in Jesus' name, right? Just give this love offering to me sow this seed into our ministry and so on. And and we've heard the guys, we've heard the guy down in Atlanta who, who decided that he needed another learjet because his was outdated. And 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 he was just like, you know, the man of God must not fly, coach. That that's just not the way that we should that, that I should. I'm a man of God, right? And, and I can't be that person. And so and so you need to sow this seed and all that multi-million dollars. Folks giving their money to buy some healing cloth. And and if you just if you just touch this cloth, just like touching the hem of Jesus' garment, you will be healed. It's a lie. Why are they doing this? because they know that if you, if they can get you to have confidence in them, they've got a beeline right to your pockets. We as elders must expose the doctrines, the false teachings of these people who are doing it, not for your health, but they're doing it for your money. Not only that, but we must expose their doctrine and we must expose their devotion. What is it that they're connected to? What is it that, that has their, their hearts and so on? Well, he goes on, look at verse 12. He says, well, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. <laughs> That's a glowing endorsement. Uh, They're always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. And he says in there, verse 13, yeah, it's totally true. (laughs) That's exactly what the Cretans are like. Uh, they're, They're liars, they're evil beasts, they're lazy gluttons. What are they devoted to? They're devoted to their culture. Instead of being different from their culture, check this, they adopt the culture's way of doing things in order to get their way across. Oh, 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 the culture just tells it like it is. Well, then if I'm gonna get my way in this world, I've gotta, I've gotta just tell it like it is too, right? If, if, if everybody on social media is brash and bombastic and, and, and just tearing everybody down, then I need to be that too if I'm gonna be able to get ahead. You know, there's no distinguishing between the people of the culture and and these folks here. He says, this is exactly how they act. Paul says here, therefore, rebuke them sharply. Why? That they may be sound in the faith. I love Paul's heart. He's not saying that we need to cause a turf war with these folks so that we can triumph in the end and we can, we can stomp on all of our enemies and, and we could win this culture war. No, that's not why he says that. He says, rebuke them sharply so that they may be sound in their faith. Remember the word sound is the same word where we get our word hygiene. Remember I said that earlier? Same word here. He wants even false teachers to come to a place of help. I'm not against the prosperity guys. I'm not against the conspiracy theorists. I'm not against white supremacists. I'm against their teaching, absolutely. but I want them to know the beauty of my savior. I want them to know the the, the, the glory that are written in the pages of this book. I want them to know what it's like to live. Stop falling for these things that they think is life when in reality it's death. I want them not to be deceived anymore. Or as Paul says here, that they would not devote themselves, verse 14, to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. They're, They're devoted to the wrong things. By the way, Paul would know something about being devoted to the wrong things. Paul was the one who was going around looking for Christians to to to, to round up and and arrest and have them uh, persecuted and and if possible executed. That's what he was all about. And so he was going from town to town. He even uh, fled the country and went to uh, to uh, to Syria so that he could find Christians in the in the capital city of Damascus. And it was there that God shone His light to him uh, from heaven. The risen and ascended Jesus shown Himself to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? What are you doing, Saul? I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. You you are going in the wrong direction. I want you to know what it looks like to truly follow the one true and living God. You see what's going on there? Paul knows that, that those who are following false teaching, those who are devoted to the wrong things and the wrong people and the wrong teachings, they can be transformed is why we've got to put an end to this whole tribal thing that, that seems to be so common and so prevalent in our world today. The person over there is not my enemy. Person over there with a totally different view and, and so on. Even if that teaching is dangerous, all they have to do is call on the name of the Lord and they too will be saved. Do you see the power of the gospel? <laughs> God in his grace saves those who have been victimized by false teachers and false doctrine. He is so merciful to the brokenhearted. He is so there for those who are downtrodden. If you have come from bad teaching and so on, you grew up in, in, in a house that didn't read the Bible or you grew up in a house that read the Bible, but they were twisting it and misreading it and misapplying it and saying using it for all kinds of different things, weaponizing it for all kinds of different things. there's hope for you. you. can you can be delivered, you can be rescued from that and you can be in a place where where godly men uh, shepherding the flock and godly folks uh, uh, members and so on can disciple you and treat teach you and give you the healthy food that you need so that you can have nourishment and grow spiritually. God bless them but and God bless that work but here's what Paul is saying here. This gospel is powerful enough not just to change the victims and save the victims of false teaching, but this gospel's power enough to save the victimizers. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Those who have been peddling false teaching those who have been promoting false doctrine, those who have, been, who have been profiting off of the deception of people, all they have to do is call on the name of the Lord and they are transformed. What a mighty God we serve. What a powerful gospel that we proclaim. The gospel that can change not only the hurting, but can change the ones who hurt them. This is a magnificent power of God. And so we are to expose them. We expose them. Why? Because we want to see them change. We want them to no longer be devoted to the lies, but to be devoted to the truth. So we must expose them for their doctrine. We must expose them for their devotion. Third, we must expose them for their defilement. Look at verse 15. Paul says to the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. Note what's going on here. Paul says to those who have been cleansed by Christ, to those who have, who have been washed, as he's going to say in chapter three, washed by the regeneration of our Lord, uh, th- those who have had that transformation, he says, all things are pure. In other words, they, they have the ability and the capacity to be able to see things purely, to see things from a righteous perspective, to see things in a way that glorifies God. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, they they can't see that. Where's this this going? Well, he's talking here about false teachers. You have false teachers who, who see, for instance, this beautiful community of saints. And instead of looking at this group and saying, wow, this is beautiful, how can I be a part of this? I want to be transformed as well. I want to to know the Lord too. I want to grow uh, in love for, for for the saints and so on as well. No, 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 no. Because of their defiled minds and defiled consciences, they see profit. Ooh, there's a whole lot of people. There are a whole lot of people that I can dupe. Instead of coming in and wanting to be about the growth and the health of the church, they come in to wreck it. He says, says, "To uh, uh, to the defiled and the unbelieving, nothing is pure. Both their minds and their consciences are defiled. Which is why, one, we are to expose for what, they, what, they're, what they're doing and what they're attempting to do and what they're teaching and so on. But it's also why we should be on our faces praying for them. Where does that purity come from? Where's the cleansing come from? It's not by being a part of the right group. It's not by going to the right school, getting the right education. It's not by any of that. It can only come by the transforming power of God in the gospel. There are people who are teaching, maybe even doing so in the name of Christ, that have yet to bend their knee to Jesus. They don't know of his grace. They don't know of his power. They don't know of this transformation. They don't know. That's why we ought to cry out for them and say, God, please have mercy to open their eyes, to help them see what they're doing, and to see that they too are in need of the cleansing power of Christ. They're defiled. They're not going to be about your health because they, are not, they have not been cleansed by our Lord. Well, not only that, but he says finally in verse 16, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable disobedient, unfit for any good work. And so we must expose them for their doctrine. We must expose them for their devotion. We must uh, expose them for their defilement. And here we must expose them for their denial. We must expose them for their denial. Look at what he says. He says, they profess to know God. Oh, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all that he has done. He is the reason for my living. He is the reason for, for all that I do. Y'all have seen this, right? Like in the award shows and so on. I've always felt a little awkward when you see somebody going up for, the, for a Grammy or they go up for an Emmy or they grow up for, go up for an Oscar and they want to first give thanks to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for all the things that he has done for them and so on. And then you just step back for a little and you go, what are you winning this award for again? Because there are many times, y'all have seen this, right? Where, where they're being rewarded for doing things that go against what God would have them do. And so you say, okay, hold on. You, you, you profess to know God, but your works are denying him. And that happens also with false teachers, They profess to know God. They say that they believe in the gospel, but when you look at their actions, they're doing more damage to the church than they are promoting the health of the church, they're they're saying things that contradict the gospel. They're they're doing things that contradict the transforming work of the gospel. And, And so Paul says here, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. And then he gives these rapid fire descriptions. They're detestable, they're disobedient, and even unfit. They're disqualified for any good work. This is not the way to go. These are not the ones to follow. And so we as elders have to be vigilant. We have to make sure that we are committed to the truth. As he said in verse nine, that we are holding firm to the trustworthy word is taught, that we are able to give instruction in sound doctrine, know the way to go. And at the same time that we are able to rebuke those who would say, go in another direction. Where does this leave us? Well, I'm sure you've seen these different diet plans. Um, you you kind of got these two different types of diets, right? You've got one type that says, if you're gonna get healthy, then you are going to have to eat the right things, you're going to have to cut out unhealthy things, and you're going to have to have a healthy routine of exercise, right? There's, there's no health any other way. And then I don't know if, if, uh, if, if you've seen this. I see this every once in a while when I'm on YouTube especially. Um, I'll look on YouTube, and you know how you press a video, and you're all excited about seeing a video, and then an ad pops up. And then, like 20 seconds into the video, mid-sentence, another ad pops up. I love watching uh, music, uh, uh, um, like videos of, of musicians and so on, uh, guitarists and, and others. And they'll say, "Okay, now here's how you uh, how you tune your guitar." Well, first thing you are you overweighted? You know, are you bloated? Or you know, do you have digestive problems? You know, or whatever. And you're just like five four, three, right? (laughs) Two, one, skip that. You know, (laughs) it's just the longest five seconds, you know, of your life are those little ads that pop up and you're just like, what in the world? And for whatever reason, I don't know if Google's trying to send me a message or not, or if this is common with, 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 with everybody, but for whatever reason, mine are always like these exercise, diet, you know, gastric <laughs> type things, and I'm just like, I don't understand what what they're trying to say. Is there am I am I being watched? Is this is this camera on or something? And they and you have these these videos, and and they're all pretty much the same. Where they're like, you don't have to cut any bad food. You don't even have to exercise, you know, all this time. You just pop this pill, you know, and everything, and it will just, your fat will just evaporate <laughs> or something, you know? And it's all of this, this type of thing. You don't have to cut out anything. You don't have to stop anything. You, you just live your life just the way you are. Pop this pill, poof goes your fat, and you'll be perfectly fine. And that sounds so appealing from random YouTube person that doesn't even give us their name. (laughs) Uh, you know, it, it seems like it's like, it's too good to be true. Well, there's a reason that is too good to be true. It ain't true, right? That's not the way to go. If you want to be healthy, you need to have healthy intake and you need to have healthy exercise for God's people, for God's church, for the body of Christ. If we are going to be healthy, we need to have healthy intake. You've got to make sure that you are feasting on the word of God. And here's an amazing thing about God's word. You can never get overweight with God's word. You there is no such thing as type 2 because you had too much bible, right? There's no high blood pressure because you just had a little too much scripture in your life today. There are no side effects to re- to reading the scripture over and over and over again and feasting on God's word. The only thing that you can get from meditating on the scriptures day and night is more health, <laughs> more holiness, more godliness, more, more of a sense of the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he gave you his word. But if you're going to be healthy, it's more than just reading the scriptures. There are some things you're going to have to cut out. There's false teaching that you're going to have to cut out. There are podcasts that you may be listening to, and they're feeding you with, with teachings that are not from Scripture and are actually bad for your health. And you're going to have to say, you know what? Maybe I need to cut out, cut this stuff out. There, there may be some, some music that you're listening to, and it may give you a, 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 a bump in your exercise and everything, and, and you, you just, it hypes you up and all of this. But the long-term effects may be hazardous to your health. And you may have to say, I need to step back from this because it's not feeding me with things that, that glorify God. It's, it's actually turning me away from him. There may be some TV habits that you may have to cut. Whether it's cable news or whether it's some show or whatever that that you go, you know what? As I'm watching this, it's not actually training me and discipling me to become more like Jesus. It's actually training me to be scared out of my soul, so that I never trust in Jesus. I'm apparently supposed to trust in whatever politician that 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 that, that wants everything from me and all of that. You may need to cut all of that out if that's hazardous to your health. You, in order for you to grow in health, you need to eat the right foods and this is the best most tr- uh, nutritious meal that you can have it is the very word of god in the next passage in chapter 2 we'll get a little dose of healthy exercise <laughs> uh, it's not just eating the right foods but it's also developing the right habits of life and that's where he's going to go in the next chapter but if we're going to ha- have a healthy diet if we're going to eat the right things we're also gonna have to cut out the wrong things. And God has given you, in essence, a group of nutritionists, (laughs) a group of folks who are able to say, hey, you wanna cut this out of your diet because this isn't gonna help you. Praise God for elders. Praise God for those whom God has tasked to oversee the flock. And may God give us grace not just that we may see through the lies that come our way but that we also would hold firm to the truth for the good and the health of god's church amen amen let's pray oh father your word is precious As as, uh, Peter would say to our Lord when the Lord said, are you going to leave? Are you going to go away from from me too? And Peter said so poignantly, Lord, where else are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. The words of life. That's what this book is. It's the words of life. So, Father, I pray that, you would help us as elders to be so in tune with your word that we can smell false doctrine a mile away. May we shepherd the flock, care for her deeply, to be able to say this is not in step with scripture. This goes away from the standard that our Lord has given us. And I pray, Father, for each one of our dear people, our brothers and sisters here at Treasuring Christ. I pray, Lord, that as we are striving to be sensitive to your word and have, a, have an allergy to false teaching, I pray, Lord, that you would cultivate that among all of us. That we would not drift away from the church following after false teaching that we would not drift away from you because we gave our confidence to another. Father, I pray that each one of us would walk in health. That We would walk in the godliness that your word uh, provides and, and shapes us to become. And I pray that in doing so, we would be a witness to our neighbors and to the nations of the truth of the one who is the truth, our Lord Jesus Christ. Have your way among us, Lord, even as we observe the Lord's Supper, may we be reminded that it is the truth of Christ crucified, risen and exalted. It is in these truths that we live. It's in these truths that we are transformed. We thank you and ask this in Jesus' name.